God is good. And all the time. It's good as we gather together. I hope over the next two weeks we're going to look at the Old Testament and some stories from the Old Testament. As you think of people in the Old Testament, who comes to your mind? Moses. Moses. Everybody thinks of Moses first. And what do you know about Moses? What did he do? Where was he? Who was he? Ten Commandments. What else? Promised Land. Parted the Red Sea. Today and then next week, we're going to look at two stories. One is in that journey from Egypt in the uh, desert, as they were on their way to the promised land, uh, the people complain and become thirsty, and he strikes a rock. We saw that uh, Jane kind of led us into that. And next week, we'll look at Jethro, Jethro, his father-in-law, and some good advice that Jethro gives. But first, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Holy God, we give you joy and thanks for... Uh, the advice that you give us, for the words you give us, for the comfort you give us, for the direction you give us. Lord, sometimes that's a hard word and sometimes that's a soothing word. And so today, Lord, I pray that we can hear the word that we need in the circumstances in which we face. Thank you that your word speaks to us in all those times and all those places. So Lord, I pray it's your voice that's heard, not mine. Set me aside that you may be heard clearly today. In your name we pray. Amen. So have you ever heard the saying, between a rock and a hard place? Have you ever been there? Yeah. <laughs> we could spend probably a long time hearing stories of the places that we have been. The saying's believed to originated in the earliest 20th century. It's in Arizona. There was a copper mining company, and there were workers, and the workers were working under very harsh and low-paid uh, wages. And so these workers approached the company, asking them uh, for uh, some accommodation to these, these circumstances that they were under. Uh, the company, as many companies have done, said no way. And they deported many of the workers. And the other workers found themselves literally faced between the face of a rock and working under harsh conditions and low-paid wages or poverty and unemployment. Where have you found yourself when you were between a rock and a hard place? Those dilemmas that you didn't know what to do, those situations in which it seemed none of the options that you faced were good, and you weren't sure what to do. Perhaps you found yourself stuck. Perhaps you found yourself in a compromising position to do something you normally would not do. Back in 2004, Aaron Ralston found himself in a very compromising position. He literally was between a rock and a hard place. Aaron was climbing in the Utah mountains, and, or in a canyon in Utah. As he was climbing, one of the boulders moved and pinned his arm on the rock. For days he was there, till finally he got his multi-tool, which had a dull knife, and had to sever his arm in order to survive. There's a movie about it, too, 127 Hours, and he wrote a book between, called Between a Rock and a Hard Place. But Aaron didn't let this situation in his, life, in his life get him down. He became a motivational speaker, and he still continues to share his experience and how he overcame it. In today's scripture, Moses finds himself between a rock and a hard place, He's been leading the Israelite people out of Egypt, headed to the promised land, a desert region. There's no water around and the people are complaining. They're blaming him. 
stating he's brought them into the desert to kill them. Now, what has God already provided for the people while they're in the desert? The manna. How quickly they have forgotten and how quickly they begin to complain about the situation they're in. So Moses is not sure what to do. I'm sure he's tired of the people complaining, so he turns once again to the Lord. Today's scripture in Exodus tells us what happened and how Moses, with God's help, overcomes this predicament he's in. So let us hear this story today. Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. I hope you'll join me in the Bibles you brought or the Bible that is before you in the pews. Exodus 17, verse 1. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord for us, the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So how many of you like being between a rock and a hard place? Not a situation we want to find ourselves in, but the reality is in our life we find ourselves there more often than not. Sometimes it's by our own doing and sometimes it's by circumstances that, we, that are well beyond our control. But it seems the situation plays the same course. There's a predicament and today there's no water. Result is thirst. The intervention is that Moses seeks help from God, and the happy resolution is that God provides the water. We've seen this many times in Scripture, right? Let me recall a few of those stories before you. The people are hungry, and God gives them a means to their fullness. People are tired, and God gives a way for them to rest. A man is blind, and he's made to see. A man has leprosy, and Christ heals him. One dies, and Christ raises him again. But these aren't just stories that the scriptures tells us. These are stories that the world tells us. We just have to turn the TV on and look at the commercials and see this same, uh, same circumstance happening again. The problem? Loneliness. The need? Companionship. The intervention? This website that if you go to will cure that. And a resolution is a lifelong mate. Maybe there's other commercials too, for baldness, for sleep, for allergies, or many other problems, that if you would just take this product, if you'll just go to this site, if you'll just order this, then your problem will go away. We know the reality. 
We know the falseness in this, adver in this advertisement. The product itself can't generate joy and, and a well-being promised life. It might deal with the symptoms, but it doesn't really deal with the deeper problem. Who can do that? Only God can do that for us and a relationship with God and that connection that we have with Him. Today's scripture, the people complain to Moses. They complain about Moses. They say he's incompetent and ineffective. For what? For not providing water in the desert. And Moses responds, why blame me? Now when somebody blames us, what do we often do? We often blame somebody else. We often turn the blame to somebody else or look at somebody. It's not my fault, it's theirs. So what does Moses do? He turns it back onto the people and reprimands the Israelites saying, why put God to the test? But the people complain again. He's trying to kill us by bringing us here to the desert. And Moses then turns to God. Not on behalf of the people, but for his own safety. They'll stone me, he says. Again, Moses finds himself between a rock and a hard place. So what does God do? What's the solution here as God provides water for the people and answers the people's issue? I think as we look at it and understand the places that we find ourselves in and the own hard places where we have been and perhaps are now, is this not become our story too? What's your biggest frustration? What's your biggest issue? What's the biggest problem in which you might be facing in your life. What happened? How did it begin? Do we play the blame game back and forth, back and forth? What is our role in the problem and even in the solution? We can complain and we can blame or we can turn to God. Today's scripture, God answers the problem but I find it interesting that he really doesn't answer Moses directly. He answers the people. I know he provides the water, and the people will no longer be mad at Moses. But what's going to happen next day, the next journey, the next bend around the corner? The people will begin to, to complain again. God might not answer Moses, but he uses him to solve the people's problems. So what's God's role in this? If you've got your scriptures open, look at verse 5. What does God do? What does God say to Moses there in that text? I'll stand before you. I will stand before you. In other words, I'll stand between the rock that you're fixing to strike and the hard place you're in. What was the hard place that Moses was really facing? It was the people. It was the complaining people and their lack of satisfaction. So here, here's the real question today for us. Where do you need God to stand for you? Where do you need God to stand for you? Or maybe, perhaps, where do you, where do I need to get out of the way that God can stand there for us? We know God's the one in charge. We know he's the one that will provide. And he gives Moses the courage to do what seems impossible. 
But God told Moses to have the witnesses, the witness of the elders, to share in this amazing act. And we see the result. Truly that only God can meet the real needs that we have. Truly that there's temporary solutions to our problems. True that the world offers products, and sometimes those products do help. But often we find ourselves in need of something deeper, something more permanent. Not just preventing our problems, but something that proves for us the grace and mercy and peace of hope of God that walks along with us amidst the hard places that we find ourselves in. In this story, God did it through Moses. He's done it through blind men, a possessed boy, a lame woman, a dead son. Perhaps next time, he might do it through you or through me. But do we really know who to turn to? Do we really know who to trust? Are we really aware in our minds when we find ourselves in those hard places? Are we really, are we really willing to trust God? A little boy was spending his Saturday morning playing in his favorite place in the yard. It was his sandbox. Did you have a sandbox? Do you remember playing in the sandbox or the time? And he brought his, his box of trucks and cars, his, his favorite pail, and his new little red shovel that he had gotten. He's playing in the sandbox and digging around. He's, he's making driveways and, and tunnels in which to drive the cars in. And he hits something. It's in the middle of the sandbox, and he hits it. He begins to dig around it. And he finds it's a rock. But it's not just a little rock, it's a big rock, a huge rock. And he's, he's excited as he digs around, but he can't move it at all. So he sits down in the sand, he puts his feet up against it, his hands behind him, and begins to push this rock with his feet. With all his might and all he has, he pushes the rock, and, and he begins to move and move a little bit more and more till it reaches the edge of the sandbox. Now this is a little small boy, and it's a really huge rock. And so he tries to lift it, and all he can do is budge it by just a little bit. And it falls down on his fingers, and he budges a little more, and it falls down on his fingers. He can't budge it over the edge of the wood of the, of the sandbox, and finally he sits down in frustration and begins to cry. Now on the window of their house, not too far away, the father's been watching him. And as soon as those tears fall, there's a big shadow that falls over the sandbox and the little boy. It's the father. And the father, in a kind voice, but a firm voice, says, son, did you use all the strength that you had? Yes, daddy, I did. I used every bit of strength that I had, and I don't have any more. And the dad looked at him and said, son, you didn't use me. And so the father bends down, takes the rock, and lifts it out of the sandbox, out of the way. We don't have the strength on our own. To remove sometimes the big rocks that stand before us. We think we can, we think we can, we think we can, but they're insurmountable. And we spend all our energy and all our emotion and all our effort to make these rocks go away or to try to remove them on our own. Sometimes, oftentimes, more often than not, if we seek our Heavenly Father, He can help us remove those obstacles, and accomplish great things for him and for others. We have to make ourselves available. We have to seek him as a solution to our problem. No matter how great or how small the problem might be or we find ourselves in or what kind of hard place we have put ourselves in, 
we can either compromise our values or maybe sometimes even lose a part of ourselves. But may we hear the hope that God gives us in the midst of it. So many stories, fairy tale stories, end with a, a happy ending. There's a resolution, right? The people celebrate. Uh, they all get together and they live happily ever after. The problem's gone. The problem's solved. You don't have to ever think about it again. But Moses does something different here. Do you remember what he does at the end? He names the spot. He doesn't want the people to forget what happened. He doesn't want the people to forget what God has done. He doesn't want the people to forget their lack of faith. They've been stubborn. They've been arrogant. They wanted action. They refused to remember that God had promised he would reassure them and take them to the promised land. In other words, we don't need to belittle our relationship with God down to just him answering questions or delivering miracles to us. And we don't either need and we don't either need to judge God by the desired outcome of the one asking. How often has God answered my request? How often has God answered my prayers in a way that I didn't ask him or I didn't desire? But my life is so much better for it today because Maybe you can say the same. The whole point is when we find ourselves in between a rock and a hard place, let us not forget to turn to the Lord, and he will provide. Sometimes we might have to trust for a while and continue on that journey and be uncomfortable. Sometimes he'll give us a plan of action, maybe even one we've never considered or that seems impossible or improbable. We have to know who to look to to remove the rock out of the way or to remove it totally for us. So I'll leave you with this question. The next time you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, what are you going to do? Where are you going to turn? Moses, he turned to God. Will you? Will you? Let us pray. Lord, we recognize your presence. We affirm your strength. Sometimes when we find ourselves in those hard places, I don't know why, Lord, we, we don't turn to you. Or maybe we turn to you because we just want to get out of it. But Lord, do we really want to be affected and transformed by it? So thank you for the times and the places and the people and the objects in which you have used and removed that have once again restored us to you. Perhaps, Lord, today there are many who are, or some who are facing something that seems insurmountable or, or they're stuck or they're not sure where to turn. Lord, I pray for discernment and for solutions in which you can lead them. Maybe it's not an easy journey. Maybe there's still more desert to go through. But, Lord, I pray for that hope and that grace and that mercy to walk alongside each of them. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we try to solve it on our own, do it on our own, make sense of it on our own. Lord, we recognize that you are there and you're just waiting for us to ask. And so, Lord, we're asking. And we pray that our eyes can be focused on you and that you renew our spirits and encourage our journey. 
In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.